This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. In what is their first road trip since being crowned Premier League champions again, City head to the south coast knowing the result is somewhat of an irrelevance, but just how much will that impact the performance? It's Wednesday the 24th of May. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. And I'm Andrew Detmer. And this is the City Report Podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. This episode is sponsored by Beer Monster, the best place to grab discounted ales at refreshingly low prices. Grab all of your favourite household names with a wide selection of beers and ales available to choose from and listeners to this show can grab an exclusive fiver off all orders with the discount code CityPod05. That's CityPod05 for an extra £5 off all Beer Monster orders. UK only, terms and conditions apply, drink responsibly. Well then, um, welcome back. Yet again, another episode. Um, a quite a mellow week, it has to be said, at City Report Podcast <laughs> HQ after after last week, which was just sort of whirlwind from start to finish. This is your two first appearances since City obviously wrapped up the Premier League title. So we'll do a we'll, we'll continue to bask in that glory because well, it's not a lot of speak, not not much to speak about in terms of the Brighton game. It has to be said. Um, Ollie, another Premier League title for Manchester City. That's the third in a row, fifth in six years. A City ruin in the Premier League. Uh, I hope so. I'd quite like I'd quite <laughs> like them to. Uh, it's quite entertaining. I feel I still feel like I'm daydreaming. You know, three in a row. It's it's just it's something that is so difficult to do in any 
in any cut in any league as competitive as ours mm. but for little old city to go and do three in a row is fantastic you know over the weekend my head felt as high in the sky like a satellite it was just ridiculous i was <laughs> spin- it, i woke up on sunday after a quite a manic you know saturday night in the pub mm, it was i'd say it was magical um as as awful as the hangover was it was magical and then i slept like a baby um on mm. mon- on Sunday into Monday, so that kind of like sorted me out for the week, and I've just been enjoying it ever since. Every time I look on Twitter or anything, I just there's always something there that reminds me of, oh yeah, we've just won three in a row, and mm. it's just it's nice having this quite mellow week before what's going to be a quite manic couple of weeks after. Mm. Um, so yeah, as you say, just basking in it and in and enjoying it no matter what. I have to say the the voice notes you were sending into the group chat on Saturday night attest to the fact that you were you were sort of uh, enjoying yourself. It has to be said. Although I did see a photograph of you having a roast dinner when it was about twenty five degree heat on Sunday afternoon. I mean that is the most Cumbrian thing I think I can ever ever imagine. Set me up perfectly for the day. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah, Pro- probably why the hang- probably why the hangover wasn't so bad. Come Monday, have a roast dinner, watch City lift the Premier League title. Can't can't beat yeah. it really. <laughs> Gravy with your breakfast. It sounds good. Um, Andrew, there was a time in this club's history not too long ago where winning three matches in a row would have been considered a successful season. Let alone, let alone winning three Premier League titles in a row. Um, where does this title rank for you then in the sort of the pantheon of Pep Guardiola's successes at Manchester City? Because you know go back to it I've said multiple times that it looked like Arsenal were going to go and and run away with the league not just win the league but it looked like they were going to be the ones who had a a 10 point gap sort of going back just after the World Cup break when City looked to be in crisis so so for me you know personally it's up there with one of the best it's up there with the 100 point season it's up there with 18-19 because it it feels quite monumental obviously three in a row helps it but it does feel like it's a big one I think the mentality necessary to win the third title in a row and for many of these players they're fifth they're obviously competitors they're players who want to win but that is something that is hard to motivate yourself for if you listen to professional athletes talk about the dedication it takes to do their jobs day in and day out it can be a grind and so i do think that what it took to win this title with it being three in a row with the world cup break with the mentality issues in the squad around the turn of the year. I think all of that does hold it up for me. I think it probably in terms of an achievement and obviously we have two more competitions that we will find the conclusion to in the coming weeks that can change the, where the season sits. But I think in terms of the overall where it sits, if you remove the style of the win, I think it is probably on the same level or second only to the Centurion season. Hmm. I do though think that as someone who I enjoy some of the types of football that maybe other people don't in terms of like watching Pep do his craft. And so I've always thought the the 2021 is an underrated title because we just went out there and just destroyed uh, opponents and broke their will but to be fair that's what this uh, title win has done if you go based on mm. all of social media and the news reports <laughs> so maybe it still wins that way yeah could you imagine having underrated title wins that's something isn't it um but yeah i know exactly what you mean obviously it felt for a long time that it wasn't going to happen and it, it's just sort of happened in like 
a bit of a blitz, really. Like, blink and you miss it. Obviously, you go back to the Arsenal game, which felt like... While while they were turning points earlier in the season, that felt like the like the, the the one where the flag was planted, and and it from that point on it felt inevitable. But Ollie, I found the the unlike other title victories where obviously City have ended the season bar 2018-19 when there was that FA Cup final to complete the domestic treble. I felt like this week has been it's been like an, an unbeknown feeling because usually that, that Etihad stadium, a trophy lift would be the day. That'd be the moment. We'd all enjoy that. We'd revel in it. We'd reflect on what has been the season, but there's still two probably club defining matches to come, which really, as Andrew says, dictates what this season is remembered by. I posed the question to Adam and um, Ollie Kirsch on uh, what would be Monday's recording in terms of if City don't go on to win the treble now, or at least don't go on to win another trophy, is the season a disappointment? And I think possibly given the fact that that's in two, three weeks to come, it probably would feel like that. Is that is that a fair assessment? If, if City only end up with the Premier League title this season, are we looking back on it and going, that was a huge missed opportunity. I mean, I think I probably, I think it'll, it'll definitely feel like that. Um, about uh, if if we lose one or two of these finals uh, at the time, but you know, the history books will still say three three Premier League titles in a row, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think as it was at Everton, that was the last meaningful domestic game City played. You know, Pep Guardiola was. Mm you know, shouting two more at the crowd and little did he know City wouldn't need to kick a ball again to lift it. Um, so it's, it's it's just kind of been handed to us on a plate, really, uh, which is quite a nice feeling. And it's, I think, I think, I think that's a real bonus to us, actually, because if we went into this week having to, you know, beat, beat, beat Brighton, beat, beat Brentford, that's a lot of mental energy as well as physical energy, you know, mm. to make these players go G up for two more. It's almost like, were saying to them, you know, there's these three games where you've just really got to, you've got to put the effort in, but you know, it's okay if it takes a little bit easier. And I mean, there's going to be a lot of sore heads in that dressing room still. Um, but you know, frankly, these players, it, this is this is almost their little bit of time off to you know refocus, you know, enjoy what they've just achieved, an amazing achievement, but then immediately switch it all back on for the FA Cup final on the third of June. I, I do think that. I've seen some people say, oh, it, it sucked that Arsenal handed us the title on the day we didn't play and it made the Chelsea match kind of pointless. But I do think it actually set City up as well as possible because what it allowed Pep to do is the Chelsea match became the we don't need to expend any energy, get the guys on that haven't played much or aren't you know, in any risk and we don't need to spend any amount of effort. This next match can be used to get some guys who were closer to full match fitness back into kind of everything, but you still don't need everybody back. And then Brentford becomes the last kind of chance to get the momentum back and match kind of readiness to go before those two. Mm. If Chelsea had been a match that we needed to win, it really kind of would not have worked out the way that we wanted. And I do think maybe we would be a little bit more disjointed going into those two finals. I think, frankly, this has worked out really well for all parties involved, particularly because also as much as this match doesn't really matter for us, you know, it, it can matter for Brighton in the sense of technically they could still make Champions League um, or they are still, it's not certain if they're talking Europa Conference or they're talking Europa League, but Brighton's going to be playing European football for the first time, I think, ever, if not yeah. ever, but for, I mean, 
And so it's just going to be a party atmosphere on the South Coast between two teams that play, for my money, the most attractive football in the Premier League with the two, I think, most tactically astute managers. I think it's just going to be a fun day and I'm looking Mm. forward to it. Well, uh, nicely done. In part two, we'll have a quick break and then we'll start to speak about the match itself. The treble is in sight for City and you can gear up for what could be a big few weeks of our wooing and man blueing by heading over to Beer Monster. Beer Monster is the place to find all of your favourite household names at refreshingly low prices with the likes of Brewdog, Goose Island and Budvar available at the click of a finger. If you're feeling fruity, you could even try out one of the famous Beer Monster kegs which allows you, the listener, to pour the perfect pint from the comfort of your own home. All purchases over £35 come with free delivery and if you're quick, you can also grab an extra £5 off with the discount code CityPod05. That's £5 off any order with the code CityPod05. UK only, terms and conditions apply, drink responsibly. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. Stick with us throughout the next couple of weeks. We've got some really entertaining stuff to come. Um, a little peek behind the curtain there. Some some really big plans in terms of episodes in the lead up to those two finals. Ollie, you're a, you're an alumni of Brighton, um, one of the prodigal sons. You are, you know, you've spoken at length about its uh, all of its beauties. I'm heading down to the south coast this evening for the for the match. Quick whistle stop, sort of any any tips, any any uh, any sort of uh, local, what do you call it, like travel hints? I can't even think of the word. Basically, what's to do in Brighton and what should I say? Uh, don't go anywhere near that I three sixty tower. It's not very good. The view <laughs> you, you can get better views anywhere else in Brighton. If you're going to go for a drink anywhere, stay away from the seafront because it's all just you know clubs you go to when you're 18 19 and nothing else um but mm-hmm. literally any other pub will do you uh good do you good service and most of them are full of students so the prices aren't too bad for a south coast town anyway i mean brighton's just a lovely away day i'm so jealous of everyone who gets to do it um obviously you know we when we won the title there i was, it was my last year as a student there um and i'd done brighton away all three years mm. um um Yeah, the two years they were in the Premier League and I saw a lot of their promotion season. So they're a special club to me. Um, Mm. You know, it's where I, you know, I don't want to go into all the cliches, but, you know, it's a really important formative. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what they've gone on to do under Roberto Di Gerbi this season is just magical. Um, So even even if our players are on the grape juice instead of the wine this week after celebrating... um, the Brighton players, they're going to be up for it. Uh, even if they have just made European football, you know, some might say, oh, they'll be off, they'll be off to the beach as well. They won't be, they won't be, they'll be well up for this. I mean, just remember when they beat us in the uh, COVID season, um, 3-2, after we'd, uh, similar circumstances, we'd won the title, had to go down mm. there for a, a midweek match and um, they end, and they end up turning turn, turn against us, despite Phil Foden's best efforts. Um, it could, it could easily end up being a game like that. And some might say the result doesn't matter, but um, I think the result, you know, it, it will hold some importance for both clubs regardless. 
if there's any club who are going to be on the beach, surely it's Brighton, Andrew. Not because of they've not got anything to play for, but literally because it's it's round the corner. And I think that's probably probably the closest. I'm not going to say definitively, probably the closest in the Premier League. But there, there, there are some things for Brighton to play for. They need one singular point to secure Europa League. They were already confirmed Europa Conference League, which is a truly incredible achievement. And, you know, let's not, we're not going to sit here and turn it into a Brighton loving podcast. I mean, as much as I'd like to spend all day speaking about the talents, the scouting, the resources um but i am delighted for them from a personal sense and it's great to see a club like brighton break the shackles of the top six and i know we've spoken about city's domination in the premier league and how in actual fact isn't really anything that's new in terms of english football but i do think there is an issue with or at least there has been an issue with the sort of quote-unquote big six hoarding all the wealth obviously tottenham hotspur doing their very best to bars that up and, and chelsea as well um but it's fantastic to see a club like like brighton go in there and deserve in in his uh, sorry pet guardiola in his pre-match press conference labeled deserve as one of the most influential managers in english football across the last 20 years they are loving it aren't they and i'm delighted for them like i say yeah absolutely and i think to your point it's not just about Zerbi and it's not just about some of these players um, because Chelsea tried to take what or what they thought made Brighton special uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the season and you know eight matches in they take Potter they take the backroom staff I think they even took some of the recruitment people thinking okay we can just copy what Brighton did and what mm. they don't understand is that you know I think there's three teams that you can look at right now in the Premier League that do things in a way that put them leagues ahead of everyone else. And it doesn't have anything to do with the amount of money. It's Brentford and Brighton who have data um, and kind of analytics setups that no club could copy, even if you take the personnel. And then you have City, who in terms of the ownership and the vision and the overall infrastructure of the club also separates them. And so if you put money on top of that, great. And I think it will be fascinating to see you know, what can Brighton do with the extra money they're going to get from how high they place the season, European teams. But let's look at what Deserby did. And he came in and he put Ferguson, Matoma, Colwell, Gilmore, Steele, uh, and CISO and Estupian, who combined had three appearances under Potter. <laughs> and they are all mainstays of that Brighton team. And so Brighton have identified talent. They've identified players. They're going to sell guys for you know 15 20 30 times what they're worth and so yeah it's just to me i love everything that brighton are and i was saying last week that you know i want arsenal to hand us this title so that we can give them three points because i want brighton and europa or champions league i don't think they can do champions league now but like Mm. i you know for me i want to see them do well and obviously I would prefer City win the match and like we perform well, but also at this point, like I just want to use these next two weeks to get guys fit, get into a rhythm and be ready to go for two finals that could change the, you know, way everyone talks about English football. And I think it's the absence of money. Obviously, you made the Chelsea comparison, but it's the absence of money at Brighton and Brentford, which make those projects so special because with Graham Potter, they had a period of steady uh, sort of uh, incline over a number of years and, and the same with Thomas Frank at Brentford where you may finish in the Premier League, you may just about escape relegation. Next season, aim for top half finish. The season after, aim for a place in Europe. You may fall short, you may get to cup final, you may get to cup semi-final, whatever it may be, but it's the lack of the lack of pressure and 
I don't even think it'd work at City if you copied and pasted it, regardless of the coach, regardless of the recruitment team you have there, because City, you know, like it or not, are a football club who need immediate success. Whereas with Brighton, with the likes of um, Alexis McAllister, who arrived in 2019 under Chris Hewton for, I think it was like £7 million or something like that, he's just been able to flourish. He's been able to find his feet in English football and obviously international football with Argentina and obviously that World Cup win as well. And, and it is just a fantastic story, obviously. I do hope City go and get three points, but if it is to be the point that secures Brighton Europa League at the Amex, and that'll be fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Ollie, in terms of City's sort of approach to this game, then I think we're all in agreement that the results perhaps don't matter. It's more of a mini pre-season in this sense, isn't it? Just making sure batteries are recharged, making sure those who need to be fit or sort of need to be match fit are at that percentage point where they're ready to go ahead of the two finals. Firstly, then, who do you think from the, the heavy rotation of the Chelsea game will continue to keep a place, who will carry over their position in the starting eleven for this game? Because it was as good as a second team. I know City don't have that squad that people speak about, but it was basically a second team. I would be shocked if we aren't seeing, I don't know, a Ruben Diaz, a Rodri, a Haaland, a De Bruyne. Some of those sort of players come back into the fold against Brian. Yeah, I, st- I still think this game is going to be one where City have a rotated squad more than usual. It's not going to be a full first eleven. I think Wolves te- well, I think we'll probably see that come back against Brentford. And then maybe some early subs, depending on how the game goes. Um, I would like to see Alvarez start again because he's just an absolute—he's a little freak to watch. Just watching him, <laughs> he's fantastic, isn't he? And um, you know, I remember that run of start he had in October, November when Harland had a little injury, and he was just brilliant in all of those games. So I would like to see some consistency for him and start again up front. Um, whether whether that's alongside Haaland or not, whether this is the game where Pep finds a way to play Kevin De Bruyne, Erling Haaland and Julian Alvarez all in one team, I wouldn't mind that. And I, I think it might scare Brighton a bit, but um, I, I certainly wouldn't mind seeing that. But I think you're right, we'll see some of the bigger guys come back in for this one. Uh, Ruben Diaz, prime example. Um, Ilkay Gundogan, I definitely think, will come back in. Um, it was interesting that Pep said that uh, if he thought, Ilk- if he was confident Ilkay was leaving, he would have chucked him on at the Etienne and that's one of the reasons why he left him on the bench. So maybe there's a hint there that mm-hmm. conversations have started to happen in a positive direction towards Gundogan staying. Um, just a little side note there, but we'll go with it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would love to see uh, Jack Grealish, you know, the love of my life, the love of every City fan's <laughs> life at the moment. I'd love to see him come back in because whenever he plays, I just have a smile on my face because he's just been joyous to watch this last, you know, year and year and a half or so, but especially these these last couple of months this running he's just been outstanding mm. and I think his, you know, his game and how and his skill set will work really well to pull Brighton's defense apart, you know, and that's how we have to take this game. You know, they're they're a very forward, they're a very progressive team, but um City need to be at their best to beat them. You know, this is this will be a tougher challenge than Arbe Leipzig at the Etihad, for example, this will be a tougher challenge than Chelsea were. This will be a tougher challenge, I would say, than Liverpool were at the Etihad. Um, I think I think Brighton are that are that difficult because they're mm. they're built to beat us in in a way that Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool were a few years ago. The way they play, the way Roberto Di Serbi has their movements planned out so perfectly. It will if this game meant anything, I'd be so nervous. Because they just look mm. like they're set to 
you know, beat Manchester City. When that when we played them earlier in the season, it was still quite early for Deserby's reign there. So he hadn't got, he didn't know his plays incredibly well. He was still figuring things out. And City capitalised that and capitalised on that. This time he knows his team incredibly well. And as well as, you know, Pep Guardiola knows what he's doing. Um, whether it's Rico Lewis, whether it's Carl Walker, whether it's Manuel Akanji, whether it's Roger Phillips, whoever it is, um, you know, City really have to be at their top level to beat Brighton. Um, the one other person I do want to give a shout out to, I've criticised him all season, but he played brilliantly uh, against Chelsea, uh, Calvin Phillips. I would like to see him get 45 or 60. What? I know, I know. What? I know. After after all the Reload. after all the criticism after all the criticism I flung his way this season, for him to come in, albeit in a game that meant nothing to either side really, um, he he, play, he played really well. I thought. Um, he, I think I think that was his best performance in a city shirt so far. Um, so I think well, there, there weren't that many to choose from. Well, exa- exactly, exactly. But you know, <laughs> but you look at some of the horror shows he's been involved in, and to, you know, to come in mm. on a day when the whole world was watching. Um, you know, it's a lot of pressure, especially first Premier League start. The price tag has, will have been in his mind all season. I'd love to see him mm. coming in, you know, get 45 or 60 minutes again. And also because the more the more we can rest Rodri before the two finals, the better for me. Uh, he, he's not, I don't think Rodri's that kind of guy who needs to be playing every single game to keep the rhythm up. He's someone who can just come in and out of the team, p- play him where you want, tell him to do it and he'll do it. Calvin Phillips, the confidence it will give him to get another start. Yeah. Even in a game... That is about as dead rubber as it can get for Manchester City. I think th- that outweighs any kind of mm. con that you can think of. Um, so, you know, there's an idea there of why we do line at wise. Um, Cole Palmer as well would like to see him play a significant part in this game because he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sticking with uh, Calvin Phillips, then Andrew. How how important are these sort of including the Chelsea game? final three matches of the Premier League season sort of heading into into the actual pre-season because I think we've said all along and, and I've I've sort of by proxy defended him but I've always said like I'm not pro Calvin Phillips I'm not anti Calvin Phillips mm-hmm. and basically I'd like to see Calvin Phillips play football and judge him off that and I feel like these like final three matches of the season when there isn't any sort of um consequence riding on it they're against three good teams albeit Chelsea are you know supposedly good less so in practice but Brighton and Brentford are some some of the better performers in the Premier League this season do you think he needs to make a a claim and and say yes I can do this deputy role next season Pep if you need me for 10-15 Premier League starts ahead of Rodri to give him some more rest I will be able to or is the writing on the wall already and, and and I don't think it is. I'm answering my own question here, but I don't think it is because he's been given the minutes against Chelsea and will probably be given minutes in these final two games as well. Anyone who writes off Calvin Phillips on the basis of a season where he makes a move from a dramatically different club <laughs> up a level to try to back up the world's biggest, the mm. world's best defensive midfielder right now. He has a lingering shoulder in- injury that has to be dealt with surgery, goes away to the World Cup, where he isn't working with City's squad generally, but also doesn't have access to the same resources that City does because international football just doesn't have the same level of Mm -hmm. coaching and dietetics and and everything. And I can imagine also the frustration to where the point in the season he was. I'm not totally surprised the shape he came back from the World Cup. Pep whittles down his squad in a regular season, let alone a season like this that was so tense and tight. 
I get the predilection to want to say time to move on, but anyone coming in is going to probably face similar issues to what Phillips had in a general sense, not some of the specific ones to him. So to me, I just, I think you're believing the squad in a worse spot unless it is you're binning off Phillips to bring in a guy like Declan Rice or Joshua Kimmich, where their level is so high. Mm. You're not necessarily worried at the adaptation, but for me, I don't think his performances in these next three matches matter. Um, I do think they will help him, um, particularly if it goes well. But I ultimately think that this is this summer is going to be, you know, Phillips gets fully healthy, fully fit, comes in to a full preseason, ready to go, and can use, you know, the beginning of the season next year when Pep will be willing to rotate to show that he is ready for this squad. Um, if he get, you know, if he doesn't get a lot of minutes early next season, then yeah, I think the Calvin Phillips experiment has failed. But um, I think we should all expect Phillips to be part of the squad over the summer and be a contributing member at the beginning of next season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely on board with that one. And, and you know, I, I hope he succeeds. I always say the same thing again. He came in as a as a backup to Rodri, and he's still a backup to Rodri. So for me, this sort of it's plateaued. It's par for this season, and, and we'll see what happens next year. Um, finally, then Ollie, just to fa- uh, just to wrap up before we get out of here. In terms of City's season in the Premier League, because we are obviously coming towards the end of it now, what do you think? City need to do in between now and full time at Brentford. Obviously, they're on 88 points as it stands. Their maximum, a bit of quick mass, I think is 94 points. They've scored 93 goals. They have the best defence in the Premier League with 31, having conceded one fewer than Newcastle, having, uh, albeit having played a game less. Is there any sort of desire, do you think, to go and break that 90-point barrier yet again and set the standards of doing so yet again? Or is it a case of now with the two finals coming up, like I said at the top, results don't matter, points don't matter. It is purely about conditioning the squad. Or is that the the, the sort of the... Do you think Pep Guardiola will be looking at it and going, well, oh, quite fancy another 90-point plus tally, um, especially given how the start of the season played out? I think so. Um, I think I think he'll be looking to find a balance. He's yeah, he's going to be wary that these players they're not going to want to push themselves at one hundred and ten percent like usual because they don't want to pick up little injuries. And you know, Pep said there's you know knocks and certain little things, not not nothing major, but you know um, just little things that players will be wary of. But City, they've just got to keep driving on, really. You know, just doing what they do. If they want to go for the night, if, if they want to go for what is it, ninety one points, they can get maximum. Go for it. Um, but really, I think all they should be looking to do here is, uh, you know, just keep on ticking over and, you know, maybe maybe get some good scenes in for the documentary or, or the feature film coming at the end of the season. You know, we'll, 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 they all want to look good in the, on the cinema screen or the TV screen. So uh, keep doing that, lads, and I think you'll be just fine. <laughs> and I have to say what a documentary it looks like Andrew I'm hoping fingers crossed there's another few trophy lifts in there but the the sort of the city production team dear me the best best in the world on the pitch best in the world off it as well it seems yeah absolutely um probably a lot easier to be producing uh, in-house media content when things are going well and you have a squad mm. full of um likable guys um and you know there there are a lot of things to play for at this point, but I don't think any of them have much to do with the Premier League. So I think Pep and the squad will take these games seriously from that standpoint. But I don't think, you know, the result is what matters. It's getting ready to play because, you know, you have so many players that deserve 
based on their careers to be lifting the two trophies that we have on offer. Um, you have, we've basically broken every Premier League record. We don't need to worry about like, oh, we've got more than 90 points total, whatever. Do what is necessary to lift those trophies and set these other records, you know, matching the treble. Um, Julian Alvarez would become the first non-German player to win their domestic league, the World Cup and the Champions League in the same Mm -hmm. season. Um, You know, there, there are all of these achievements that you could have that are so important, but they're not related to anything that's going to be happening in the next 180 minutes at Brighton and Brentford. So, you know, sweat out some of the, uh, the champs and the, uh, the beers from, uh, the weekend, uh, at Brighton, the, Mm -hmm. the heat I'm sure will be enough to help with that. Um, and then be ready to put out a pretty good solid, um, coherent performance against Brentford train hard for a week go beat United at Wembley and then train hard for a week again and go beat Inter in Istanbul. And they have written their names in the history of football. And that's what they got to be focusing on now. It's all so simple when you put it like that, isn't it? Just go and beat those two guys and hey, we'll we'll sail off into the sunset. Um, I know I certainly will be. I don't know if we if we win the treble, what I do with myself, it probably would just be sort of relocating to Istanbul and starting a new life amongst the Turks. Um, right, okay. Thank you very much, Oli. It's been fun as always. It's been good. Thank you very much. Likewise, Andrew. Thank you very much. Absolutely a pleasure. We'll be back tomorrow after the game to review uh, Brighton versus Manchester City. Until next time, we'll see you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.